Well, my brothers and sisters, it's a bum rap. It's a bum rap that Thomas gets. And Thomas was no different than the other disciples. And he doesn't deserve the treatment that he's received down through the years in Christian history. What happened, after all, when Mary Magdalene went to the, to the tomb on that first Easter morning? There are a couple of versions of that. One has Mary asking an angel, who was like lightning, where, her, where Jesus is. And he says he's risen, and he takes Mary and shows her the empty tomb. The other version is that Mary goes to the tomb on that first Easter morning and she looks in the tomb and it's empty and she comes out and she talks to the gardener and she says, where have they laid my Lord? And it's not really the gardener, it's Jesus who she doesn't recognize. And he speaks to her, Mary, and she recognizes him. She didn't instantly believe, she had to see or be shown that Jesus had risen. So what did Mary do right then? She followed Jesus' instructions and she went immediately back to the other disciples and told them that our Lord has risen. That Jesus has risen. Now when she told them that, they, they believed immediately, didn't they? No. <laughs> Peter and the disciple Jesus loved had a foot race to the tomb because they had to go see for themselves that Jesus had risen. They weren't going to take Mary's word for it. And that's where our gospel lesson picks up. The, the disciples were behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. Their master had just been crucified a couple of days before. They were certain that there was an arrest warrant out for them, and the Jewish temple police and others were looking for them, and that they were going to meet the same fate. And they cowered in fear and terror that that would occur behind locked doors. Now, when Jesus, at that point, comes to them, through locked doors and he says peace be with you and they recognize who it is and they can see his wounds and they instantly know their faith their faith the disciples faith the ones who were present their faith was restored and they believed again but at this point Thomas who for some reason had been out Maybe he was checking out to see if the Jews were still after them, or maybe he had just gone out to get them some food. But when he returns, they tell him, the Lord was here, the Lord is risen, we saw him. Thomas is not having any of it. Just like Peter and the others, Thomas wants to see for himself. Now sometime later, our gospel tells us about a week later, Jesus returns to them in this same room, locked with the door closed. And Thomas is there this time. 
And Jesus approaches and he holds out his hands to show the wounds and his side. And he invites Thomas to to touch, to put his fingers in the wounds of his hands and, and his hand in the side. Thomas doesn't do that. From where he's standing across the room, he immediately proclaims, My Lord, my God. My Lord, my God. Thomas proclaims the risen Christ. Proclaims Him as God. Now Peter had already proclaimed Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, is what that means. But Thomas goes all in and declares Jesus to be God. And my brothers and sisters, this is my very favorite resurrection story. And Thomas is my very favorite disciple. And he's my favorite because his doubt and his questions are just perfect for us. Perfect for us as Episcopalians. Questions, after all, are welcomed in the Episcopal Church. Questions of wonder, of doubt, of even skepticism are welcome in our church. You see, questions are all signs of curiosity and interest. And they are the fertile soil in which a vibrant faith is born and grows. Now, any discussion of faith or belief is connected in some way or other with with doubt. For many Christians, the, the concept of faith involves giving a rational agreement to a particular set of propositions. Or believing that certain statements or representations about Jesus are true. I would suggest to you that that approach to Christianity often restricts, twists, and contorts Christian faith in its application and in its understanding. Knowing what we believe and being able to articulate, being able to explain or put into words what we believe, that is indeed important. But it shouldn't be all that faith is about. You see, faith has more to do with the heart than the head. Genuine faith, my brothers and sisters, genuine faith involves trust. Trust. Christian faith, Christian belief, has everything to do with an extreme trust in God. It does not mean trusting in the truth of a set of assertions about God. It means trusting in God Himself. When we understand, as followers of Christ, when we understand that faith is trust rather than agreement or assent. When we recognize that faith is trust, faith's opposite 
becomes not doubt or disbelief, but the opposite of faith becomes a lack of trust or fear. What is the most common phrase that we hear in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament? It is essentially, do not be afraid. In other words, don't lose your faith. When we do not trust, you see, we become anxious and we become fearful. To have faith means to let go of that anxiety, to let go of that fear, and to place ourselves in God's love and in His care. Jesus tells us, do not worry about life, what we will eat or what we will drink. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather Yet the Father feeds them. Are you not of more value? Thomas proclaims Jesus God. And this story helps me understand my own belief. You see, what led Thomas to his faith, to his proclamation, leads me to a very personal question. Personal question that I think many of you might harbor on occasion, and that is why, why do I believe in God? Why do I believe in God? Like Thomas, I believe because of my own experiences. My faith is not grounded in what I wish to be true. It is not fixed on some desire or need that I maintain. But my faith is based on what I experience to be true. Thomas, as we might recall, was one of the original twelve. He had been with Jesus from the very beginning. He had experienced Jesus' teachings. He had been there when Jesus performed many miracles. He had been there when the lame walked, when the lepers were cleansed, when the blind were were made to see. He had experienced firsthand The love of Jesus for creation. The love of Jesus for God's people. And the love of Jesus even for his enemies. When Jesus wanted to go and see Lazarus, his friend, who, if you remember, lived in Bethany, which was very, very nearby Jerusalem, the other disciples all said, Lord, Lord, you can't go. The priests and the Pharisees They they lay a trap for you. They want to kill you. Thomas said, Lord, I'll go with you. Thomas said he would go to a certain death with Jesus as he went to Jerusalem to see Lazarus. Thomas made his decisions about Jesus from what he had experienced. That was why he followed. 
That was why he had dedicated his life to this man, to this rabbi, to this teacher, to this miracle worker, to this son of God. That's why Thomas loved Jesus. And like Thomas, I am swayed by my experience. Like a scientist, I depend on pragmatic results that are repeatable over time and under different circumstances. And the results of my own experience, I report to you today, what I have seen with my own eyes, what I have heard with my own ears, and what I have observed over and over and over again, and that is the love of God. The love of God has been my experience. A love that I cannot deny. A love that I can only acknowledge with a grateful heart. And in this gratitude, my faith is grounded through experience. Jesus tells Thomas that those that find a way to trust him, I said trust him, not believe in him, trust him, trust him without seeing him, they are the blessed ones. Jesus suggests by his answers to Thomas that believing, trusting is seeing not the other way around. Which is usually what Thomas gets stuck with, doubting. When you can come to trust the love that surrounds you, when you can see for yourself the strength and the wideness of God's love, then, my brothers and sisters, you are truly blessed. Just as you trust family members, one to another, or trust longtime friends, they all trust their experiences with one another. Like Thomas trusted Jesus, trusted his experiences. And as we trust in the love of God that surrounds us in Jesus, so too are we blessed. So what do we do with those blessings? Jesus says to the disciples, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. In other words, just as Jesus has revealed the Father, so too are we called to reveal Jesus to the world. By showing God's love in all that we do, by living in His love, we can express joy and peace. We can express the very joy and peace of the risen Christ with sincerity and certainty, which means without doubt. 
my brothers and sisters, for this task, Jesus fortifies us. He fortifies us with his body and blood. The risen Christ comes to us just as he came to Thomas through his body and blood. He comes to us just as he came to Thomas in love. In love he comes to us. He comes to invigorate us. He comes to animate us. He comes to bless us as his followers. Come this evening and have your love, have your trust kindled as you come to this communion table to receive his body and his blood. Come and be filled with his spirit and be filled with trust in him. Amen.